Good morning. It's so good to see so many new people. It's, it's really great. And to see some people I thought had left the church, but obviously you've just been away for the summer. Um, some of you I'm really pleased to see back, others not so much. But, you know, in... Um, no, it's great, genuinely great, great to see you. Um, so I'm Andrew, and I have the privilege of, uh, of leading the team here at Trinity, married to the amazing Nikki, who is dancing. Her knees will, uh, this afternoon, she'll be complaining about her knees, I'm afraid. We've got that age where knees come into, knees and backs come into stuff. So yeah, you, you're so welcome here. And, and again, if you're new, just to kind of catch up everyone, just to, so our kids and our youth, so uh, kids up to uh, primary age and then anyone in secondary right the way up to at Sixth Form, as you heard earlier, they're all happening over the road in, in Trinity House, which is our building over here. And that's where we go for refreshments afterwards. And as Simon said at the very beginning of our celebration today, if, you, if you're new, a few of us are going to be hanging out over there. There are some special refreshments for you. Okay, Having not been to church for 12 months and then coming back doesn't count. You don't get one of the nice ones if you're fresh out the box. It's like, you know, are you a first-time buyer with your mortgage? You know, then we've... Anyway, Nikki and I and Simon and a few others from the team will be over there. And we'd love to say hello to you um, if you're trying us out, if you'd like to make Trinity your home, your spiritual home, or if you've already decided that. And then the other thing, and I'm going to be, it's actually what I'm really talking about today. Um, the way we do our celebrations here is that after I've spoken, I'm going to lead us in some time when we can reflect and we can pray together and we can have ministry in, in the spirit. And that's an absolute fundamental, as I'm going to be explaining for us as a, as a, as a church family. So it's actually part of our, our worship. Our worship carries on um, after the talk and we have some ministry time and we, we actually gather people will pray of course wherever they are it's entirely up to God and you it's your partnership with God um, as to what goes on but, but we do invite people to come and to share um, down at the front because what we find and you'll know this already is that a physical action is so significant in reflecting what's going on in inside of us so the the carpet at the front's not not magic um, but Many, many people over the years in Trinity have found this just to be a place of encounter. Because the way, I mean, I'm sure many of you will know that amazing picture in St. Paul's Cathedral of Holman Hunt, Light of the World. It's that one where Jesus is knocking at the door and he's, there isn't a handle on Jesus' side of the door. The handle's on our side is the picture and it's for us to open the door. And, and so physically coming is a kind of like an opening the door. And sometimes people sort of kind of fling it wide open. Other times people just, little crack, oh, are you there? And, and the way we handle prayer ministry, the way we pray with each other, um, is that we invite that to be people who are part of our church family. So you're in one of our life groups. A number of you won't, will be thinking about doing that, our midweek groups. But if you're already in one, or if you serve on one of our teams, so we have a load of people who serve on different teams, then we invite you to come and to, to, to pray um, and to join in with what God is doing. And uh, some people wonder, you know, exactly what's going on. And when we pray, we are just joining in with what God's doing. That's a really important thing. I, I say to our church family when we come and pray, please keep quiet for a little while so that God can speak. Um, some of us are so enthusiastic to come and share the amazing word that we have with people. Um, but, but we don't do that, do we? 
what we do is we come forward and we just check out with the person that they're happy for us to put a hand on their shoulder. We only ever put a hand on a shoulder. We never put a hand anywhere else for the obvious um, care reasons. There can sometimes be times where someone's asking for prayer for healing and they specifically ask that someone would lay hands on them. But it's all led by the person. And we don't need to do holy dodgems. You know, zzz of the Holy Spirit. We don't need to do that. We don't need to be weird. <laughs> okay, I've just offended a number of people. You're going to send me emails. I never read them. I've said that to the church family. If you're new, don't bother. <laughs> Plenty of other good churches in... No. We don't want to be weird, do we? We just want to say, we just join in. We put a hand on someone's shoulder. If, you know, can, I, can I just put my hand on you? Is that okay? Sometimes people say no. That's completely okay. And I just say, I just pray. And I usually, when I start praying for someone, have absolutely no idea what's going on. Some of you are blessed with a real prophetic gifting. You immediately know, even as you come to pray. And that's a delightful thing. That's a beautiful thing. doesn't actually happen for me. I very often don't immediately have a sense of what are going on. But I'm just saying, Lord, whatever you're doing in this person, more. More. More of you, God. And I just say, Holy Spirit, that's God with us. There'll be some people here, you're not familiar with the Holy Spirit. So God with us. I'm just saying, Holy Spirit, come and fill this person. And whatever you're doing, more. Please, God, more. And then, then, yeah, sometimes I'll either see something, I'll see someone's hands, their fingers may be moving like this, and I'll have a real sense that God's putting a message on their heart. Often that can signify, I can feel, they may, you know, I might even, you know, they might feel like they're getting hot. Sometimes people cry. I'm a big crier. Big crier. Any film. Rom-com. I love rom-coms. I am in tears before halfway through. Quite often when I meet with God, I, I just cry. I can't help cry. And quite often that will happen. You have to be really careful, don't you, when you're praying for someone that you don't assume, whether it's tears of joy or tears of happiness. Isn't that horrible when you're being prayed for and someone says, oh, Andrew, I can just tell he's burdened. And I go, no, no, I'm actually really happy at the moment. So we just join in. And then what we find is that the Lord quite often does give us a sense of what's going on. We may have had that growing in us, may have had a picture, may have had a Bible verse. Some of us have gifts of the Holy Spirit where we get words of knowledge. We know something. God just tells us something. And there'll come a point where it's appropriate to offer that. And it'll, there'll come a point when we're praying where it's really appropriate to ask the person why they've come forward for prayer. Again, anyone else get frustrated when you get prayed for? You came forward for something specific, and after a few minutes of prayer, the person says, well, there you go. And you're thinking, you haven't once let me show why I've come forward for prayer. But you don't do that, do you? Because you're a Christian, so you smile and go, thank you very much. <laughs> that was lovely. So it's really helpful, isn't it, just to say, you know, um, have you come forward for a particular reason? Let the person say... And then it's so important that we don't reinterpret their words. Do you also find that really annoying? Where you say, I just think God is doing this. And the other person goes, oh, Lord, we just pray for Andrew who is. And you're going, no, that's not what I said. So we use the person's words. And then we maybe offer more that we feel God is saying into it. And we pray. And by the way, we don't have to keep going and keep going for 27 hours for it to work. You know? 
We can pray for a while and then see what God is doing. So yeah, if you're on our teams, if you're in our life groups, we'd love you to come and pray with people. And just be so encouraged, if I can, that, you know, I've been praying for people for a long time. I don't always actually have any idea, in a way, exactly. That's why I ask people, (laughs) what's going on? What's God saying to you? Does any of that land for you? And we pray men with men and women with women for obvious reasons. Sometimes if a couple comes forward, if you're here today and uh, you want to come forward for prayer as, as, a, as a couple, we'd love to do that. We probably would try and find a way of just making sure that a couple come and pray with you. And Simon, who's leading our celebration, and myself for the speaker, we'll be hovering around just at the, uh, during that prayer ministry, just making sure that you guys are, are safe and you're well and that everything is, is good. So if you're new to us, I just wanted to just share that. There'll be people here sitting thinking, come on, Andrew, we know this. But uh, maybe it's a helpful reminder for us all. And if you're new, that's part of it. Why why don't you um, turn to your neighbor and you choose the best highlight of the last six weeks? Can you just tell them your neighbor? If you don't know their name, even if you've been sitting beside them for 27 years, do start by saying, what's your name? So, hello, again. So, uh, some of you already know that just over the three weeks, so last week, this week, and next week, we're taking the opportunity to remind uh, each other, really, and also if you're newer to us, just what are some of the fundamentals about, about Trinity? What are the, the real crunch foundation things about, about Trinity? Um, and uh, last week we were talking about worship and prayer. Hills was speaking about that and how it's fundamental to us. And we were really thinking about the fact that we, we enter in, as the, as the Bible says, there's a verse in the Bible that says, we enter into God's presence through worship and through prayer. Now, there's a danger in our bit of the church family, the wider church family of Jesus Christ, in our flavor of church, um, that we can sometimes just stay with uh, singing. We can just sort of stay with uh, the happy kind of big worship. But what Hills was reminding us about, wasn't she, that we enter into God's courts, we enter into his courts, his presence with praise and thanksgiving, and that's where we encounter God. 
And that's where we repent. That's where we fall on our knees before God. Again, in our sort of flavor of being a Christian, of being followers of Jesus, sometimes in our happy clappiness, whenever I meet anyone in the town and they say, oh, are you at that Trinity? I've heard about Trinity. And, there's, and I go, yeah, we're the really happy clappy ones. I'm very happy about that because I want to, you know, God gives us joy. That doesn't mean, by the way, you know, we're just always happy. Happy is kind of actually a worldly kind of thing, depends on feelings. But I want the joy of knowing that Jesus loves me, that I'm a follower of Jesus, to fill my life, even in the sad bits. But in our flavor of church, we can sort of kind of end up and stay there, can't we? That's the truth. And we, can, we could be keeping coming back for a little refill every Sunday. want a real, little refill, a buzz of kind of, you know, feeling good. And that's going to sustain me through the week. And then I'll come back next Sunday or a couple of weeks, to whatever. But what Hills was reminding us is that, is that praise and worship, to use a phrase that we use when we're sharing communion, when we're sharing bread and wine... Is a, sacrifice of, is a sacrifice of praise. So through worship and through thanksgiving, and actually often in the hardest of times, we come into the presence of God. And in the presence of God, that's where we recognize that he is God Almighty. And we fall on our knees. And we repent. And that word, some of us are very familiar with it, but that word means that we literally say, God, change the way that I think. Give me a, a Jesus way of thinking, a Jesus mindset. And I, I'm going to turn, therefore, from the, the worldly thinking, that mindset, and I'm going to turn, literally repent and turn, saying I'm sorry and meaning it for the things that are wrong in my life in this direction. Change my mindset, change the way I think so that I'm thinking and wanting to be with you, Jesus, become more like you, Jesus, and do more of the things that you did. And we're then transformed in the presence of God. He, he doesn't leave us the same way that we are. So I said what I said before we just, just a moment ago about prayer and ministry. If you're here with a burden, God doesn't want you just to kind of go out and soldier on. God doesn't want you to put on a brave face. God doesn't want you to try and be stronger and try and be better. God wants you to come to him, your perfect father. He wants to embrace you. He wants to bring transformation. And so we see sometimes people here healed in mind or in their body or in their spirit. We don't always see that. Doesn't mean that, that, that doesn't mean that the people asking for prayer are somehow not as good Christians. What we do see, though, is God changing the way often that people carry their burdens. So many of us will be on the spectrum, for example, of mental health. Many of us will struggle with anxiety. Many of us will wake up and sort of think, you know, God, what's going on here? And God doesn't say, well, I'd love to help you, Andrew. You know, sort your life out. Get yourself, get your thinking straight. Then I'll meet you and then i help you. No, what God says is come to me. Open that door. Come to me. Let me embrace you. Let me shoulder the weight with you. Let me give you joy that is not dependent on external things that make you happy or not. Although it was great to be Argentina last night. 
So here are some fundamentals. Joys for me. Uh, we went to the farm yesterday. Uh, to the farm. Sorry, we took the farm to our partner school. There's a picture. Look at that. Good-looking chap in shorts there. Um, goats are not bad either. Some of our team, Linda st uh, standing beside me. Some of us know Linda Britton, who's the deputy head teacher at our partner school, where we're going to do some projects over the big weekend. Have you got the message? The big weekend is about gathering. Not so much, actually, about the projects, really, in a way. It's who you end up painting alongside. But there we were yesterday with our kids team, and we paid for a farm to come. There were goats and chicken and sheep and guinea pigs and mice, Shetland pony. It was great. And by the way, thank you. If you give to the life of this church, this is the way we use our money as a church family to bless. Do you know there were a number of families who came and said to Linda specifically, this summer's been really hard for them because they have so little money, they've not been able to pay for anything for their kids. And it was a huge joy that this event was totally free. Thank you. You made it free. We had a bouncy castle. And the thing about a bouncy castle, I was on duty with Tim O'Leary, our youth pastor. A bouncy castle, it's, it's madness, isn't it? We gave them five minutes, and every five minutes of my life for four hours, I'm praying, God, no, please don't let anyone die. Please don't let any, the paperwork, the paperwork. No, 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 the pain, the pain. <laughs> and there's kids, and, and you know, Praise God, those who've got kids, that they're elastic at times, you know. <laughs> and that inflatable, that bouncy castle was so good, you know, inflated with air. But there come a point where we say, last one, kids, you know, sorry, you know, Jemima, you've been around 57 times. You don't need to do it again. And we unplugged it. And it went down. So there it was, exactly the same equipment, exactly the same thing. All its potential, all of its kind of goodness, it was still had the pretty pictures and the patterns on it, but without the air in it, without the breath in it, it was just completely useless. And there's a little kind of mental image for us as a church family when we come to talk about we are a people of word and spirit. I love... Um, in the book of Ephesians, so Paul, one of Jesus' earliest followers, wrote a lot of our, us will know the second half of our Bibles, our New Testament. And in Ephesians, we studied this as a church family, didn't we? In chapter 1, he gives a whole single sentence summary, it's most of the chapter, about the whole story of God and our story and how those work. We're in this amazing five-act play, Act 1, creation, Act 2, fall, human beings rebel, Act 3, God keeps sending his message through the Old Testament, through the prophets, saying, it's coming, it's coming, the Saviour is coming. Act 4, we're in it now. Jesus has come, he's returned, he's saying the kingdom, God's rule, is coming into place. Act 5, we're looking forward to, Jesus comes again, all things made right. And Paul gives this summary, and at the, near the end of it, verse 13, 14, he said, when you've been hearing about God at work, when you know that God is the center line of history, all these other things going on, they think they're running the show, but they're not. God is the center line of history. His story is the story. The question is how we connect our story with his story in Jesus. When you know that he's lavished grace and mercy on us, 
mercy. He doesn't treat us as we deserve, even though we're, we mess up. He, do, he says, you know, Andrew, I want to embrace you. Come, repent, turn, change your mindset. Grace, he gives me the gift of new life in Jesus. The life that we can live now, peace beyond understanding, joy despite the circumstances. He says, and you also were included in Christ. That's who we are. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're in Christ. Really rich phrase. Haven't got time to go into it today. But when you heard the message of truth, the gospel, the good news, so you hear the message, the good news that Jesus died on the cross for you, your salvation, this is how you're saved. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, God with us, who is a deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. In the Greek, word message, the word. We're people of word and spirit, says, says Paul. So in the Bible, in Scripture, when we, when we speak of the Word of God, we're, we're not just speaking about His voice, are we? But we're speaking about His divine purposes coming into being. The Word is spoken and proclaimed, and it comes into being. I'm sure you know how important it is if you're talking to somebody and they're struggling to ask them, as I just said in our prayer time, just in your own words, what's going on? Because choosing a word, choosing this word rather than that word, takes all of those thoughts, the whirlpool of thoughts, and it gives shape to them. It makes it real. That's why talking therapies are so important for those of us who do struggle with anxiety and our mental health, to talk to people. Sometimes it's official, formal talking therapies. Other times it's a really good friend to go for a walk with, isn't it? But choosing a word, choosing a word, putting it into it makes it real. And God is the word. John 1.1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. I managed to put in the beginning the was, the word. Genesis, beginning of our Bibles, God speaks creation into being. By his word, it comes into being. Through the Old Testament, through Act 3, as I've said, there's God's word that is speaking out, and it's speaking what's coming into being. And then Jesus is the word, the logos. Jesus, who's with God and was God. The voice of God. And in, the, in Scripture, the Spirit is the, the third person of God, not an impersonal force. Again, I know I'm speaking to many who know this, but Jesus, uh, the Spirit, again, present at creation, involved in creation, moving the prophets, lives within us. Jesus said, we are to be temples of the Holy Spirit. That's who we are. And the Holy Spirit who brings out in us God's purposes changes us from the inside out. John 3, 5, Jesus answered the question, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. And so if you like, when I talk about word and spirit, when people come and say, I'm thinking about making Trinity their home, I say, we are a, a people of word and spirit, and they're like twin train tracks. And we need both all of the time. 
And we need both word and spirit equally. Here's what happens if you don't get your train tracks aligned. Here's the picture that, imp- that prompted the cartoon. Can you click again, please? Apparently it's a real... These are our twin train track, word and spirit. The writer R.T. Kendall said that um, Christians who have the word of God, but without the Holy Spirit bringing it alive, are like a, he didn't quite say this, but they're like a bouncy castle without air. What he actually said is they tend to dry up. If we only have this book, in a sense, the word of God before us, without really opening ourselves to the work of the Spirit, then we'll tend to dry up. Maybe you're here today. My story is growing up in some beautiful churches where Christians were so serious and so sincere, and I admire them and do, you know, admired them and do admire them. But there was a certain dryness. And the problem is it just becomes religious duty, doesn't it? You know, when I said before, when I was growing up, I used to sort of almost imagine God constantly saying, Andrew, I'd like to help you, but, you know, I can only do it if you're over here. Holy Spirit meets us in our weakness, in our place. And yes, he's not going to leave us there. He's going to move us on the path with God. The other alternative, if you only have the rail track of the Holy Spirit, R.T. Kendall, the Christian writer, says, then you tend to blow up. Word only, dry up. Holy Spirit only, blow up. Get blown off course. Become quite self-centered. I come forward for prayer so that God can meet my needs. It's It's my agenda. That is, that is governing and ruling. Word and spirit together. That's what Paul said to the Ephesians. And he was writing at a time where Christians were forming as church communities. And they were needing, you know, they were finding out by doing wrong things, by messing it up. And then they were writing to Paul and saying, Paul, help us understand how we meant to be on the train tracks. And Paul was saying, you need God's word and you need God's spirit, bringing it alive in you and guiding you. Um, There might be a little correction for one or two, or certainly a little challenge for some of us in the room. I was reading today uh, about about pastors who've gone wrong, and isn't it absolutely so um, abominable how many pastors, senior pastors of of larger churches have messed up? You'll have heard maybe some of us about Mike Pilavachi and the accusations that were made about abuse have been proved correct. Mike was abusing his power. And that's just horrendous. Just horrendous. No, not a single excuse. I do believe God was at work at Soul Survivor. I experienced that personally. It's a subtlety and it's hard to distinguish between the work of God sometimes and the work of big people on platforms. Hello. But we we need to do that. Because God only ever uses broken vessels. God only ever uses people who are sinners, because that's who we are. So never look for a perfect preacher, because you won't find one. And then the same way, never look for a perfect church, because you'll spoil it. 
We have to let the Holy Spirit lead us in understanding the difference. You know, where's the God bit in this and where's the human bit in this? But I was reading someone saying, what's the common pattern of a lot of these people, these preachers who've, you know, leaders of church leaders who've messed up and gone into abuse of power um, because that's Satan, the devil's number one playbook. And they said, you know, a classic is that you start to make your sermon preparation, your talk preparation, that's your devotional time with God. The only time you read your Bible is when you're preparing to speak. Yes, that's such an easy thing to get into. It really is. We need the word and the spirit, the train tracks, to keep us together. Because the word is interpreted and brought alive by the spirit. Again, I'm saying things many in the room know. 1 Timothy 3, 16, 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's the Holy Spirit who brings alive because it's God-breathed. It's not dictated. We don't believe the same as Islam about their holy book, the Quran, being dictated by God directly causes them huge interpretive problems when they get to some bits that don't add up, don't make sense. We believe, though, that God inspired those, the women, the men who were all involved in the writing of these words. God inspired them in the writing. He inspires us in the reading and the understanding. God breed. But, you know, here's the little challenge to myself. Am I reading this book devotionally? Am I spending time with the word? Or am I putting it on the bedside table and hoping that God is going to just sort of transmit stuff into my brain overnight? Um, I'm, am I going to my life group expecting someone else to do the work for me? Where's, you know, where am I devotionally? And where am I also with the Holy Spirit as well? Because the Holy Spirit, uh, here's John 14. All this I've spoken, said Jesus, while I, uh, while I was still with you, while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. I love the fact that, that you know, Simon wanted us to wait a moment, that we we're trying to pause a moment we're a very busy activist kind of church. Our celebrations are very busy, aren't they? Where's our time with the Spirit? And that's not going to be a Sunday morning thing. Sorry, you know, it's not all going to, get ha- it's not all going to happen, is it, in an hour and a half? It's about daily, daily walking, isn't it? When are you reading? When are you listening to the voice of the Spirit? When are you deliberately opening the door to the Holy Spirit? How often my prayers, in truth, can easily be, so God, I've gone through all the options, I've narrowed it down to two. A yes or a no would help. Isn't that easy to do, or am I the only one? One Thessalonians one five, Paul says again, because our gospel, the good news, comes to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know, friends, you do your work with God whenever, but if you are tempted regularly to walk out of a building or walk out from somewhere like this, going, mm, that was a really good message. I must think about what I do with it. If that's what you're always doing. I want to challenge you. 
Do you believe that God is God and wants to meet with you here or wherever and wants to transform things? He's saying, Andrew, I don't want to, you know, I'll meet you here, but I don't want to leave you like this. Don't keep telling me that you're just going to go away and think about it because that's me on your terms, Andrew. You're trying to corral me like those goats. You're trying to, you're trying to put, you know, you say it's open in your life, but actually the truth is it isn't really. Now, don't get me wrong. God has wired some of us as deep thinkers and, and some of us are, are more experiential. Please don't say it's completely one or the other. But I'm just saying if you never go from here or, or never in here, just say, I'm going to step forward. I'm going to ask God. I'm going to see what happens. Or in my life group, I'm going to say to somebody, could you just pray for me openly? If you're never doing that, then is there a challenge that you are restricting the work of God? And equally, if you're not reading your Bible, if you're not really soaking in it, if you're constantly only expecting God to turn up in a kind of more, whatever, charismatic kind of way, using labels, you know, broadly, very broadly, how many times has God says, hey, guy, I have told you, I have given you my message, the word in your hands, Oh, but God, it'd be so much easier if you could just tell me directly. I'm very busy, God. Road to Emmaus, two people walking away. Do you know the story from Luke 24? Two people walking away from Jerusalem after the events of the crucifixion of Christ. They're in a down place. They're not sure what's going on. They had such hopes for how Jesus was going to come and bring his kingdom. Luke 24, they're walking away. Jesus draws alongside them. What a beautiful picture. This is what God does, isn't it? Jesus draws alongside them, walks with them, says, what's going on for you? They unburden, they share what's going on for them then he explains to them he explains everything that has been God has been doing from their scriptures in those cases the Old Testament only and they say don't they they asked each other after they've had this encounter with Jesus uh, they he breaks bread they have communion together that's when they recognize him fully beautiful story Luke 24 they said afterwards when he's gone they asked each other were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. Do your hearts burn when you read this? Andrew, does your heart burn when you read this? Truthful answer, not enough. What are you going to do about it, Andrew? Read a few more commentaries. Try harder. Or are you going to open the door to the Holy Spirit and say, come, God, bring this alive in me. Where does the Holy Spirit take us, take me when we do this, when we have word and spirit? Here's just a slide. I did just a little summary Thank you, Jacob. Where the Holy Spirit takes us, well, these are things that the Bible says, and they're, they're truths for me. And anyone in the room at the beginning of a new term want to go, go in these places? Do you, do you want the Holy Spirit to lead you in this combination, the twin train track of word and spirit? Um, the Holy Spirit calls and regenerates our hearts. Anyone here with a heavy heart? 
Anyone here who's dry? Someone had a picture before we were praying before. They said, I see people coming in colourful clothes, but on the inside they're in black and white. The Holy Spirit takes the promises of God, calls, regenerates our hearts. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives us assurance that we're children of God. This this Bible, this word of God is telling us that we're children of God. We're in this amazing drama, his story. And the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us the assurance that we're children of God. And he intercedes as we pray. I so often think about the Holy Spirit you know, the Godhead. I know this is not theologically correct. Don't bother. But I imagine Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I imagine the Holy Spirit constantly saying to, to, saying to the Father through Jesus, saying, mm, what Andrew's trying to say, <laughs> he hasn't got the words. But it's okay. Any of you, your prayer life need a... Any of us like, a, like a, a, a bouncy castle flat on the ground? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Don't try harder at your prayer life in the sense of make it about you and your effort. Invite God to warm your heart. Invite God to switch on the blowers. Invite God to fire up your prayer life. The Holy Spirit, with, in combination with God's word, will change us from within. I, I can look back and see how God's changed me from within. And he's, he's constantly bringing out his spiritual fruits being with Jesus, becoming more like Jesus, and doing the things that Jesus did. Any of us here want to be more fruitful? No, not successful. No, not bigger platforms. No, not the approval of people. No, none of those things, but fruitful with God's fruits. Is there anyone in the room who wants more love, more joy, more patience, more peace, more kindness, more self-control, more gentleness, more faith? Please don't try harder. That's just religious stuff. Please don't set out to only read the Bible from beginning to end as an act of will, but do both together. Read, you know, soak in scripture. Chew the cud, as the Old Testament says. Choose one verse. Take one verse from the Psalms and chew on it this week. Just let God give you one word or one verse and say, Holy Spirit, God, bring this alive in me. And then the Holy Spirit obviously gives us, I say obviously, you may not know this, but the Holy Spirit gives us gifts to be witnesses to the kingdom, to share the good news of Jesus Christ, share God's story, and to serve. Not out of duty, but out of joy.